Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Uh, today we will be using the St. Stephen service uh, for our visitors. The St. Stephen service is either all in here or pretty much all in the bulletin. And we'll be using the uh, with one voice uh, for our hymns. And hopefully uh, you'll be able to follow me, uh, but uh, I've been lost before. <laughs> we begin with our entrance hymn, uh, hymn 627, My Lord, What a Morning. rise. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Lord, have mercy, creator of all. Christ, have mercy, redeemer of all. Lord, have mercy, Holy Spirit. For the peace from above and for our salvation, for the peace of the whole world, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Redeemer 
and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin to one another and to the Lord. Gracious Father, we confess that we have tried to hide ourselves and our sins from you. For we know that we have done wrong. We are drawn to live selfish lives, refusing to bear the troubles of others. We often turn from our neighbors, ignoring their pain and excusing their needs as the responsibility of someone else. Gentle Lord, in your mercy, forgive our sin and free us from our selfish ways. Grant that we may choose to obey you and show our love for you by serving others. Almighty God, rich in mercy and abundant in love, has given his Son to die for us. For Jesus' sake, at his command and in his behalf, I forgive you all your sins. Go in peace, you have new life in Jesus Christ. This new life is founded in forgiveness and framed by joy. Therefore, with the song of the angels in our hearts and on our lips, we join the whole church on earth and in heaven to proclaim... peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Lord God of all nations, you have revealed your will to your people and promised your hope to us all. Help us to hear and to do what you command, that the darkness may be overcome by the power of your light. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. is from the 65th chapter of Isaiah. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. 
to a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I. All day long, I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imaginations, a people who continually provoke me to my very face, offering sacrifices in gardens and burning incense on bricks, altars of bricks, who sit among the graves and spend their nights keeping secret vigil, who eat the flesh of pigs and whose pots hold broth of impure meat, who say, keep away, don't come near me, for I am too sacred for you. Such people are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that keeps burning all day. See, it stands written before me. I will not keep silent, but will pay back in full. I will pay it back into their laps, both your sins and the sins of your ancestors, says the Lord. Because they burned sacrifices on the mountains and defied me on the hills, I will measure into their laps the full payment for their former deeds. This is what the Lord says. As when juice is still found in a cluster of grapes and people say, don't destroy it, there is still a blessing in it, so will I do in behalf of my servants. I will not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, those who will possess my mountains. My chosen people will inherit them, and there will my servants live. This is the word of the Lord. We sing Psalm 3 responsibly with our cantor. lesson is from the third and fourth chapters of Galatians. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. 
For all of you who were <coughs> baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject, subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were, <clears throat> excuse me, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel from St. Luke, the eighth chapter. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met with a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure, impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. 
the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my soul be acceptable to you, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Today we're going to talk a little bit about David's role as a father. Or another way of saying it is the price of sin, tragedy in the house of David. The king was shaken. He went up to the room over the gateway and wept. And he said, O oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you. O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. What went wrong? Here is the chosen king of Israel and one of his sons, Absalom. Well, first, the whole basis of David's family life was flawed. Absalom was David's third son, a child of his fourth wife, Marka of Gersher. She was a, pr a princess of Gersher, which was a small Arminian kingdom northeast of the Sea of Galilee. No doubt, the marriage was a political alliance. We find that at this point in David's life, he had eight wives seven sons. Uh, a recipe for jealousy and conflict. David was acting like the kings of the ancient Middle East whose reputation and power was measured in terms of the number, the beauty, and the power of his wives as well as the number of sons. But David was acting against the express command of God in Deuteronomy 17:17. 17, 17. He must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. Second problem David failed to deal with Ammon's violation of Absalom's sister, Tamar. Absalom had the right to expect David, both as the father and as his king, to provide justice for Tamar and do punishment 
for Amon. We read that David was very angry, but he didn't take any action. And David had every right uh, to be angry, but his anger should have led to justice. Amon should have been punished and Tamar exonerated. Third, David failed to share in his son Absalom's rejoicing. Absalom went to his father, David, and said, Your servant has had shearers come. Will the king and his officials please join me? No, my son, David replied. All of us should not go. We would only be a burden to you. Although Absalom urged him, David refused to go. But he did give him a blessing. Absalom was the pretty boy. He was the, he was the special one. He was the one that everyone looked to. But he didn't have a good relationship with his father. Finally, we know that Absalom had to leave. He had to go to Jeshur, where he spent three years. And we know that David longed to go to Asher, Absalom after the death of Ammon. Even when Absalom came back, David did not receive him. When Job went to Jeshur, he brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. But the king David said, He must go to his, he must go to his own house. He must not see my face. So Absalom went to his own house and did not see the king. Absalom had lived for two years in Jerusalem without seeing his father's face. Thanks, Dad. The source of David's failure as a father lay in his own sin. In taking Uriah's wife and then sending Uriah to his death, David lost the respect of his family and his own moral authority. He brought the judgment of God upon his own family. Why do you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household I am going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. And he will lie with your wives. 
No wonder David was grieved greatly. To the point where, if only I had died instead of you. A little late, Dad. Just a little late. Please turn in your bulletin to Psalm 3. Psalm 3 is the first psalm with a superscription. And the superscription reads, A Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. It's a song about when David had to flee Jerusalem from his son Absalom. This is a prayer or song about when trouble comes. And in some ways, it's unique to David. For one thing, God made unique promises to David as king. David prays and trusts God to keep his promises. For another, David's problem is a result of his own making. Psalm 3 is also a song that we can pray for ourselves. For one thing, those who trust Jesus as king are given promises. For another, we live in a fallen world, so trouble comes to all of us. David requests God's help. He asked God to rise and smack his enemies in the face. You're looking at uh, verse 8 toward the end. He wants them to smack them in the face hard enough to break their teeth. David knows that in this situation his salvation or deliverance or rescue means that God's going to have to take down those who are in rebellion. David asks for God to act in a big way. And David has had practice in asking God to help in big and small ways. I love the story of um, Paul Miller. He's uh, written a, kind of an excellent book on prayer. And he said that uh, you should even pray for trivial things, like parking spaces. <laughs> and he couldn't wait to tell his mom, Rose, who at that time was 82 years old, working as a full-time missionary in the city of London. When Miller told Rose that uh, the author said parking spaces shouldn't be prayed for, she looked a little surprised. Now she cocked her head to one side and she started laughing and she said, how else are you going to find a parking spot? <laughs> the point is, Rose had a relationship with God. She prays like a child, aware of her need. She's honest with God about what's in her heart. That's the point of asking. When trouble comes to King David, we see that trusting, we see what trusting in God looks like. He's surrounded by enemies. He has run out of his own home. 
and he fears for his life. Two thousand years later, on a Roman cross, surrounded by his enemies, there is no hope for him except in God his Father. Those who passed by derided him, wagged their heads and said, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God. Come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Trouble came to Jesus. Enemies all around, crucifixion, nakedness, mocking, death. I can imagine Jesus praying Psalm 3. O Yahweh, how many are my enemies? Jesus tells, hears, rest and request deliverance. But he knows deliverance won't come, not until after death. Deliverance won't come for Jesus because he came to take the teeth kicking that we deserved. He did this so that the final line of Psalm 3 could be a reality for you and me. Your blessing be upon your people. I imagine Jesus praying that line on the cross. Your blessing be upon your people. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, he secured every spiritual blessing for his people. From Ephesians Chapter 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. When you trust Jesus, every spiritual blessing of Christ is yours. Think of it. God chose you. He picked you. Even though you thought you were disqualified, God never questions his choice. You are holy. God's holiness became yours because you are in him. You are blameless. Jesus was perfect on your behalf. God holds nothing against you. You will always be blameless. God adopted you. You thought you were not outcast, but God brought you into his family. You were treasured. You were a valued child. <clears throat> when we read today in our second lesson about uh, crazy man, possessed, Legion. Jesus took time for him. You have redemption in his blood. Jesus' death paid the ransom to God and brought you out of slavery to sin. You will always live a redeemed life. God forgave you for your trespasses. God paid the penalty for every one of your sins. Christ's record 
is your record. Your record is clean. And God has lavished His grace on you. It will always cover your life. Today, tomorrow, and forever. So, prayer is ultimately about the relationship that we have in Christ. The relationship to God. Our relationship to God that He is our Father. That we have every spiritual blessing of Christ. Now I want you to take a moment and repeat after me. In Christ I have every spiritual blessing. God chose me. I am holy. I am blameless. God adopted me as his child. I have redemption in Christ's blood. God forgave my transgressions. God lavishes grace on me. How's that feel? Not bad, huh? Thank you, Father. In Psalm 3, David trusts God when trouble comes. He tells, he hears, he rests, he requests. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. We truly learn Psalm 3 when the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father moves from the theoretical to the practical. And that's part of what God is doing when trouble comes. Happy Father's Day. Now may the peace of God which passes all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, our hymn of the day is 697.
Please rise as we confess with one another in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, begotten of God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not me, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate in the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified and crucified. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and was seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge us. We've made provision for our offerings in the, uh, with the collection plate at the back. So we continue with our offertory prayer song. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and all people according to their needs. O King of kings and Lord of lords, you call out to every nation of the earth seeking repentance and justice, even as they rebel against your will. Work repentance in all civic leaders. Use them to defend the weak and to punish the guilty, that the church may have free course to preach the gospel. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, your Son sent the man formerly possessed by demons to declare how much God had done for him. May your church also, rescued from the snares of the devil, proclaim how much Jesus has done for us. Lord, in your mercy. Compassionate Father, from whom all, from whom all fatherhood is named, we give you thanks for earthly fathers. Give them confidence in their station and zeal in their task to care for their families faithfully. Make them examples to their children of godly life and love of your word. Bless their work of bringing up children in the fear and instruction of the Lord and give them the comfort of your absolution over all their shortcomings. Lord, in your mercy. 
Almighty God, you have established governments and institutions for good order and for our well-being. Guide and guard wisdom to guard and grant wisdom to leaders and citizens. Give peace, security, and good laws to your own country, our nations, our communities. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, have pity on the man afflicted with the abundance of demons. Have mercy now on the afflictions beset on Chris Bricado as he contends with COVID. And all for those whom we pray, give them healing, strength, and an increase of faith. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Lord, Isaiah spoke of the new wine, full of blessing that will not be destroyed. Grant us faithfully to eat and drink of your Lord's own body and blood. Give it in the fellowship of this altar. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Father, you know the condition of our souls, that we frequently wander into sins, vice, and danger. Hear our prayers for the sake of Christ who defended legions of demons so that we might receive adoptions and sons and daughters through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with our Eucharistic prayer. Heavenly Father, from the beginning of time, your gracious hand has given life to all things. You shape the world and fashion a people by the power of your word. All creation is renewed by the soft whisper and the thunderous roar of your spirit. In this, the final age of your creation, you have given us your Son, your word become flesh. In his redeeming death and resurrection, Jesus has filled your promise of a full, secure life on this earth and a certain joyous life throughout eternity. In the time in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Send upon us now, we pray, your Holy Spirit, that living in the light and power of Jesus' resurrection, we may live our lives in praise of you and in service to others, and so begin today to experience the inheritance prepared for all of your children.
Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
Please rise. The God of hope grant you peace and joy in believing so that you will be filled with the hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. A closing hymn. 